a Podcast One production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. This is a podcast about international issues, politics. Every week we choose something that's going on in the world and we break it down. Well, not me necessarily. This gentleman, Dr. Keith Souter, three PhDs on international politics, if you don't mind, as well as being a very renowned Australian commentator on all sorts of issues. Um, Dr. Keith and you and I go back way back from TV and my background's radio as well. My name's Kate. Um, today is quite a controversial one. Not from probably the majority of people listening. Anti-vaxxers aren't, don't tend to be that sort of prominent in our society, thankfully. But because of the coronavirus at the moment and the fact that there is, you know, talk of a vaccine, well, there's many vaccines being developed around the world and the necessity that it would require for people to actually have it so you can stop the coronavirus spreading, that is controversial in itself. Not everyone wants to take it. But you've got a book at the moment that's about to, that's, um, just being released, and it's and it talks about a very specific case of controversy, a very well-known controversy about vaccines and mm. anti-vaxxers. It encouraged a lot of anti-vax movement. Absolutely. So the book is by Brian Deer, D-E-E-R, who's um, a veteran uh, British journalist, received various awards for his investigative journalism, particularly into um, social issues and many years was associated with the Sunday Times, which decades ago, of course, did the story on thalidomide and the way that it caused deformities in babies. So um, that newspaper has got quite a history of being involved in investigative journalism. Now, Brian Deere has written a book called The Doctor Who Fooled the World, Andrew Wakefield's War on Vaccines. So this is a study of uh, the scandal relating to MMR, so that's measles, mumps and rubella. So it's a vaccine that you give to a child under or baby under the age of one, which will then protect the baby from measles, mumps and rubella. Both of them are uh, major, all, all three uh, are major diseases amongst children. And so the story, and it runs to almost 400 pages. It's a very detailed book, and I'm not a medical practitioner. Hmm. Neither, by the way, is Brian Deere. But it, basically what happened is that about 40 years ago, almost 40 years ago, Andrew Wakefield, a medical researcher, thought he saw a link between um, inflammatory bowel problems within children and the vaccination MMR, measles, mumps, rubella, which then led to autism. There certainly has been an increase in autism. Now, whether it's because we're now getting better at diagnosing it in children, but there has been an increase in autism. So people are asking the questions, why is this occurring now? And he thought the answer came from this uh, new vaccination program, uh, MMR, measles, mumps, rubella, which resulted in inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's disease, and then led on to ultimately autism, that it, somehow the disease got into the brain. So he went public with this concern in 1998. And got a lot of a huge amount of publicity because oh. clearly parents are worried about autism. And still, by the way, that, that gets peddled, that particular reason for autism. You hear yep. it in conversations with people all the time. Yep, absolutely. Has it been debunked? Pretty well, absolutely. Yeah, pretty well. Now, this book is really a memoir of how Brian Deere got involved on this issue. As I say, he, he has done in previous investigative journalism 
And so he was uh, brought in to um, to investigate it. He did a, a documentary for British television published in 2004, which you can find for free on YouTube. So this is the Brian Deere 2004 YouTube video, which tracks his involvement, the difficulty that he's had with trying to get responses from medical figures. The, the book is, is a so, really a sociological study of how the medical profession operates and particularly their links with the media. I was at a seminar at Oxford, Balliol College, in 2010 when one of the journalists who gets mentioned in this book actually apologised at the seminar for publicising Wakefield's claims. Because journalists, like the rest of us, we're not terribly well informed on medicine. It's a very complicated argument. And there's and always information to counter both sides. Yeah. Like when you go and research something, it's quite a minefield. And Andrew Wakefield himself is a very charismatic presenter. Uh, if you look at the 2004 documentary that Brian Deere produced, that he, he refused to be interviewed by Brian Deere, but Deere's documentary contains interviews that he gave to other TV outlets. And clearly Andrew Wakefield comes across as very smooth, very elegant, very professional doctor from a, a line of doctors, very distinguished family with good connections, good networking, and somehow managed to seduce the medical profession into supporting his point of view. Ultimately, he got struck off. This book is a study about all the steps that led to that, but the reluctance of the medical profession to admit that they had made mistakes by endorsing those views early on. So it's a very interesting sociological survey. I think the publishers might have had a few qualms about releasing the book at, the, at this time because, as you said in your introductory remarks, with the COVID crisis underway, there's a search for vaccines and the the Australian Prime Minister last week said that he wanted to, once that vaccine, we've signed a deal, apparently Australia and the University of Oxford uh, have signed a deal to get the vaccine and he wants everybody in Australia to get it. Well, that has already given rise to complaints from people saying, no, they don't want to have that. And he has now backed away from saying it was a mistake on his part. You know, the problem with dealing with the government is always mixed messages. They keep changing their tune from one day to the next. But this whole issue of vaccination is very controversial. And as an outsider, because luckily I don't have children to worry about with autism or anything like that, so I, I was really not that well informed about the vaccination controversy until I read this book. And then it got me to look at Brian Deere's 2004 documentary and beyond that to go on to look at the whole controversy surrounding vaccination which goes all the way back to um, the 18th century and Ed Edward Jenner. So for people who are fascinated about the Andrew Wakefield controversy, I recommend this book. So it's The Doctor Who Fooled the World, uh, written by Brian Deere, published now by Scribe in Melbourne. A really remarkable sociological study of the, the politics of medicine and how it sort of links into other things, because health is always top of mind. You've only got to look at that with the coronavirus crisis. Health is a top of mind issue. And you also rely on experts to tell you what's going on, Keith, because it's very hard to get that yeah. information yourself. So we do put huge amounts of, we believe what these people tell us. They are credible. They're subject matter experts. They are subject matter experts, but they are driven by ambitions. One, uh, one mm. of the allegations about Wakefield is that he was actually, when he was complaining about MMR had actually got patents for rival measles vaccine, 
So, you know, he was saying don't use MMR all in one go. Spread it out over a period of three years. They're three separate vaccines. Oh, and I've also got a, a patent for an alternative one. And then later on it was turned out that he was also involved with litigation against the manufacturer of MMR. So he was advising the legal team, which itself was getting what in Australia we would call legal aid to bring the case against the manufacturers. Medical litigation is a multi-million dollar business. And this goes back to the power of the corporations. And, of course, one of the reasons why people get suspicious about vaccination is simply the corporate power. There's a, was it the, the Constant Gardener, that a novel by the guy who usually does spy books, who then did a study, John Le Carre, who did a study of corporate power with vaccinations. So, you know, you've got Le Carre writing about corporate power. So it, it, when, you, when you're dealing with vaccinations, you're getting right into the middle of a lot of issues of money and personalities, ambitions, people wanting to get all sorts of recognition because of it. So I recommend this book by Brian Deere, The Doctor Who Fooled the World, Andrew Wakefield's War on Vaccines. You're listening to Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. We're talking about vaccines today and anti-vaxxers and those who have perpetrated the anti-vax movement. But we're going to move on from the discussion of that book, which is fascinating, by the way, Dr. Keith, because the whole issue is quite interesting and layered and has gone on for decades and is particularly poignant at the moment because of coronavirus and we're staring straight down the barrel the fact that to get rid of this thing that is crippling the world's economy and societies and causing mental health issues and all sorts of things, we have to look at taking a vaccine because it is the only way that we will get rid of this thing that spreads so easily and kills so many old people particularly. And we need to have at least 80% of the country vaccinated. So that's, that's the tipping point. You've got to have at least 80%. Now, having read this book by Brian Deere, The Doctor Who Fooled the World, Andrew Wakefield's War on Vaccines, I just decided to try to get my head around the whole issue of vaccination. So uh, I was uh, watching a very interesting lecture given by Gresham College in London, uh, given at Gresham College in London. Uh, the college has been putting on public lectures for almost 500 years, so they've had a bit of experience in this area. So this was a lecture given in the year 2011 by Professor Gareth Williams. And so he looked at uh, Edward Jenner, an English doctor who lived between 1749 and 1823. And he is the one who invented the smallpox vaccination. He lived in the West Country of England, a remarkable figure. He was a composer, he was a poet, a writer, and also a medical practitioner as well. And... Uh, he uh, was intrigued by uh, the onset of what was called cowpox, and what, which was called the, the milkmaid's disease. So when you're milking a cow, you, you will have the cowpox postules look like boils on the udder. So if you've got a cut in your own hand, you would then receive into your body the cowpox disease. But that actually gave you immunity to smallpox, which uh, used to kill 12% of it, uh, sorry, 10% of its victims. Very dangerous to get hold of smallpox if it, if it gets you, particularly as a child. So Edward Jenner 
did some reasoning. He said, well, look, if these milkmaids survive smallpox because they get the um, uh, advantage of having the cowpox beforehand, can I take cowpox, put it into a little child that the boy's name is James Phipps and just see if he's going to come down with, uh, with cowpox or smallpox or whatever. And the young James Phipps, very famous painting of Jenna injecting the boy, Phipps was, uh, never did get the smallpox. So Jenna then argued that what we should do is to uh, scrape uh, uh, more people, inject more people with smallpox to help fight off smallpox. The medical profession didn't take him seriously. Uh, it's a bit of a rerun of what we're seeing with Andrew Wakefield. You know, some people saying, yes, it's a good idea, but others saying, no, 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 we don't like any of these new ideas. So it's interesting that smallpox has now been eradicated from the world in the last 40 years. So the anniversary was on May the 8th, 40th anniversary this year, 1980. So the opponents of vaccination back in Edward Jenner's day was that, well, God had determined that children should die, therefore it was wrong to prevent children from dying because clearly smallpox was God's way of, of dealing with children. Um, doctors at that time didn't like to have competition. They had other business models. The government in Britain in the 19th century made vaccination compulsory and you would then get people who were called conscientious objectors. Now, we use that expression when it comes to recruiting for wartime, but the phrase actually came from the middle of the 19th century with people who said, I do not wish to be inoculated against smallpox. <laughs> Quite incredible. <laughs> what is interesting, as this um, uh, Professor Gareth Williams identified almost a decade ago, these are the techniques of the anti-vaxxers, uh, which have gone on now for 300 years. The use of anecdote, in other words, people's own personal experiences. My child has autism. My child, for example, did get an MMR vaccination. So it's the use of, of anecdote, if you like. Another one is they bent statistics. Sometimes it's just pure lies. You get scientific fraud. You get cover-up. And you get the use of celebrities. So one well-known celebrity in the 20th century was George Bernard Shaw, who wrote the play Pygmalion, which then became the movie My Fair Lady. And so George Bernard Shaw was opposed to vaccination. So you get celebrities in the same way you get Hollywood celebrities today who are opposed to vaccination. So nothing new. A hundred years ago, you were getting similar celebrities also opposing vaccination. And so uh, what one sees, therefore, there is a long history of uh, opposition to vaccination. So Andrew Wakefield, who's the subject of this book by Brian Deere, is simply in the long line of it. And Wakefield himself is now living in the United States. He doesn't have a license to practice medicine in Great Britain. And you often find these people associated with alternative medicines of one sort or another. Uh, I should point out that Wakefield is not entirely opposed to vaccination or wasn't but believes there should be a single vaccination given every year for three years. The problem is that children could be wiped out by one of the other two diseases if they only got the one. But I found it fascinating, as I say, starting to read the Brian Deere book and then looking at the whole history of opposition to vaccination, which began 
back in the 18th century and continues to linger in one form or another to this day. I know, but it's such an abhorrent thought in a civilised society like ours now, you know, that that there is still pockets of anti-vaxxers when all the research points to... Surely, unequivocally, but this is the point, right? There's all this information available that people then take, have their own take on. So, With social media and alternative points of view, suspicion of big corporations. Yep. Because clearly corporations make a hell of a lot of money out of vaccinations. But where do these people think that these diseases went to? Something like polio, for example, is this largely made eradicated in the world except for pockets of poor countries that... Islamic countries. Islamic that, that's countries the where they won't, yeah. won't inject them. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're gradually getting rid of uh, polio. Uh, malaria is also on the hit list. Mm. Malaria killed more Australian soldiers in World War II than the Japanese did. So, and of course, young Australians who in the old days would just simply have their year overseas by going to London, now have their year overseas going to the highlands of Malaysia and elsewhere. And that's when they get exposed to malaria. Mm. You don't get malaria in England, but you will do in some of these more exotic locations. And so malaria is now becoming uh, an issue, even for Australian backpackers. So it's, it's a continual struggle. And you're up against these very evil germs that are out to get us, unfortunately, mm. one reason or another. So the coronavirus crisis, which has triggered the debate about vaccination, um, has got a very long history in terms of people in favour of vaccination and also opposed to it. This has been Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. It's recorded in the studios of Podcast One. Producer is me, Kate Mack. Production assistance by Matt Dwyer. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. And for more episodes, head to podcastoneaustralia.com.au or download the Podcast One Australia app. 